Welcome to Project Giveback Connects, an extension of Project Giveback in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Giveback Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hi everyone, and welcome to Project Give Back Connects. It's so nice to see you. So many of us are afraid of public speaking, whether we're speaking to three people or 33 people in a classroom or a hall with hundreds, it can be nerve wracking. Even with continuous practice, there's just such a difference between actually nailing it and doing a nice job. You can dress up, you can put on a smile, you can feel like you're all ready, but there's one important thing that you must put on and that is confidence. It's a hard thing to get. And today we have some experts, that's what they do. They teach confidence. Neil Grammer's brilliant book, this is a picture of it, it's called At the Margins. It focuses on exactly how to do that, how to stand out and stand up. And I read it and it is so wonderful. It's actually really helped me already with my speaking. He writes in it, he says, how is it that Lionel Messi or Serena Williams instinctively knows that despite past greatness, they have to improve continuously to stay competitive? They know that to keep winning, they can never say, I'm good enough already. So even the greats of the greats need to practice. They need to gain that confidence. Neil works with presidents of large companies to help them gain uh, their own confidence when pitching or presenting. He's been in this world for over 30 years, and he knows the difference between nailing it and doing an okay job. So welcome, Neil Grammer to Project Give Back Connects. Thank you, Ellen. Great to see everybody. And you started with something that comes up with me time and again when I'm working with clients. And, and by far the number one thing I get asked about is nerves because everybody gets nervous. And some people, their nerves are crippling. Some people just get those butterflies, but everyone gets nervous. And I'm always asked, how do I get rid of the nerves? And my response to people is, A, you don't. And B, I don't know if you want to get rid of nerves because nerves mean you care. Nerves mean you're excited. Nerves mean you have passion. So it's really more about controlling the nerves and eliminating the nerves. And that is one of the big fundamental differences between those who come across as confident and those who are perceived to be nervous. It's not that one doesn't have it and the other does, it's one controls it and maybe the others don't control it as well. So in our time tonight, I wanna to talk about three things that as you think about public speaking or even speaking to a colleague or maybe a job interview that you should be thinking about and then executing to control your nerves 
So you can let your passion and your conviction and your enthusiasm really come through. The nerves are translated into energy and they're no longer debilitating. So here are the three things that I can think of at a broad level that are really important to consciously consider to be perceived as confident and credible. One is around the content of your message. Two is around the delivery of your message. And three, Ellen alluded to, is how do you practice in a purposeful way that facilitates you really shining through and not being nervous? So when I think about the content, because we spend a lot of time putting the content of a presentation together, but there's two really, really important things to be aware of, both in your preparation and your delivery, when you're thinking about your message's content. The first thing that's really important to have clarity at the top of your mind is what are your one or two key points in your message? We could talk about a number of things for, for some of you who talk about some of the charities you support. It's easy to get really caught up in all the details of the charity because you feel really passionate about it. But it's super important to be cognizant about if people only remembered two things, what would they be? and really focus your message around those two things. So for example, if you want to highlight, why is it so great to go skiing? Well, there's a million reasons, but I might want to tell you that the best things about skiing are, it's an amazing social activity that allows you to experience nature in a really compelling, exciting, dynamic way. Now you might have two different points, but those are my two points. I want to frame my message around that and then build my presentation around those two points. So even if you didn't remember all the details, you'd still be clear on those two points. So very, very important to be clear and specific about what are your one or two, maybe there's even three key points. If you're doing a presentation where you're trying to make a recommendation, start with your recommendation. Be really, really clear about what it is. So that's very important. And when you have that solidly fixed in your mind, it prevents you from that nervous rambling that we sometimes feel ourselves doing when we are nervous. Sometimes you can hear the voice in your head going, where am I going with this? And why am I speaking so much about that thing I was supposed to talk about? And you can't get to your point. So be clear on your point. Number two, once you've been clear on your point, you have to be very, very explicit to your audience about why they should care. Like what is what I call the so what of your message? And when we present something, we often think about our so what, like it's important to us and we want our audience to like us and we won't want to make a mistake and we want to impress people. That's our so what. But our audience's so what might be very different. How is what I'm telling you going to make you look good to whoever you need to look good to? How is what I'm telling you going to make you feel good? When we talk about a charity and why people should contribute to that charity, What's that thing about contributing to that charity that's going to make them feel good about doing it? Um, the other thing, if it's more of a business type of presentation, how is what I'm proposing to you going to help you save time or make money? So these are four of the key so what's that I like to think about, that if my message isn't touching one or a combination of those four things, it's going to be very hard, even if I'm excited about my topic, to get my audience excited. Because we always ask ourselves, why should I care about what this person is telling me? So I want to be clear about what my point is and why you should care. 
And then the third thing I really want to try and do in my content is use some anecdotal evidence to bring those points to life. In other words, tell a story. I always tell my business clients, information is boring. Like people don't remember it. Abstract concepts are hard to relate to. Stories are interesting. So if you are talking about a charity, for example, to describe what the charity does and where they're located and how big they are, and that's potentially interesting. But give me an example of how the charity has helped somebody and, and what the outcome of that experience was for that person. Telling that story is going to be way more compelling. You're going to be way more confident speaking about it, especially if it's your own personal experience, because it's real, it's relatable. So what's the point? Why do you care? And is there good, concrete, anecdotal support for it to make it interesting? So we're all familiar with the expression, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So that's a huge part of being confident, is your delivery. There's a really cool study that was done under the Wharton Business School where they ask a thousand CEOs, when people make an impression on you, of the total percent of the impression, what percent is the content and what percent is the delivery? And here's the shocking stat. Only 7% of the overall impression was the content. 93 was the delivery. So what does that mean? Well, think about how you prepare for a presentation. Probably 99% of your preparation is the content. Like we massage it, we work it, we edit it, we revise it. And very few of us give conscious thought to the delivery. So when you get up, the first time off you're saying the words out loud, maybe you've done a quick rehearsal, but there it is, your audience. You haven't thought about how you're going to connect with them. So how are you going to engage them with eye contact if it's in person? How are you going to modulate your voice so it really captures the emotion? As opposed to delivering in a really fast-paced monotone because you just want to try to get through the whole thing because you're really, really nervous. Like, even if you feel passionate, your audience isn't going to perceive that. And everyone who's had a really boring teacher, the number one reason they're boring is they're monotone. They're so boring, right? So think of being having the inflection. That's where examples, stories facilitate that kind of inflection. Your body language. Are you one of these, like, nervous, handsy people? Or are you using your hands purposely? There's two things I want to tell you. We've seen a ton of growth this year. It's really, really important. Are we using purposeful gestures that bring the story to life? And the interesting thing about gestures is no one consciously notices when they're good, but they always notice when somebody's really fidgety and because it makes everybody in the audience feel really uncomfortable because you can't keep your hands still. So purposeful gestures and also filler words. Everybody has them. When we're really nervous, um, uh, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, I used to be a big, you know, or, you know, one of the things that, you know, is really, you know, important, uh, kind of. So what I kind of wanted to talk to you guys today was sort of how important it is to kind of be really aware of, you know, sort all these filler words. And you could be the most knowledgeable person about your content. But when so much of your presentation is littered with these filler words, that's what people remember. It doesn't sound precise. So there's all these things coming together from the content of your message and the delivery. They're not mutually exclusive. 
by far the thing that resonates with people long after your discussion is your delivery. That's what we remember. We might remember a couple of points on the content, but if somebody says like, hey, I heard you saw so-and-so in a presentation, how were they? Oh, they were amazing. Why? They were passionate. They were engaging. What were they talking about? Uh, what were they talking about? Like something about giving to charity. It was really good though. Like that's, so don't dismiss the content, but spend time on the delivery. And last point I want to make, we all know practice is critical, but it's how you practice that makes it really effective. So there's two parts of every presentation. I encourage everyone to practice very, very religiously. One is the very beginning, the first 30 to 60 seconds. One is the very end, the last 30 to 60 seconds. In a perfect world, you practice the whole thing, but nail the very beginning, the very end. Why? Because the very beginning is where you're likely to be the most nervous. The very end, not as nervous, but if you haven't really thought about your conclusion, the end of presentations are often, so that's what I really wanted to talk to everybody about today. And um, thanks, everybody. You know, just dies a tragic death. So we want to really nail the end as, as well. And here's the tragic irony of the beginning and the end. The two places where people are likely to be the most nervous are the two places where you're probably going to have your audience's undivided attention. The very beginning, because they're still with you. The very end, because you probably said something like, so in conclusion, and that got everybody's attention back, get those two things right. So it's not about eliminating your nerves. It's about controlling your nerves. Be clear on your message. What's the point and why do you care? Really take stock of how you're coming across, your eye contact, your voice, your body language, your filler words, and practice the two key parts of your presentation where you know you're going to have everyone's attention. And you will start to feel more and more confident with each successive presentation that you do. So I really want to thank Ellen for inviting me. And I'm really looking forward to hearing from some of the other experts tonight. Thanks, everybody. Neil, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Wasn't that great? He just, I'll tell you, I read his book and I've even noticed such an improvement. Neil, like you, I'm a you-knower. And I went back and I watched a speech that I had given a few months ago. I think I said, you know, about 10 to 12 times. Now I'm just going to pause. I'm working on that. But thank you so, so much. This is so valuable. And hopefully so many teachers will show this to their students. We all need to learn these lessons. Great job. You did good. <laughs> thank you. So next up is one of my favorite people. She, we met her with Jakey. She used to come and sing to Jakey. And that's how we first met. To know her is to love her. She is just so magnetic. And that is so contagious. Her name is Michelle Newman. And she is the co-founder of Spotlight Academy. So let me say that again. Spotlight Academy. I don't know where that twang came from, but... <laughs> It's not in the word. Anyway, through performance, they teach the fundamentals needed to gain confidence and ability. And she is here with us today. And she has her friend there, Judah Davidson, who has been a longtime client of Michelle's. And they are both here. Michelle's going to speak to us. And then the two of them are going to sing for us. Welcome, Michelle and Judah. 
thank you so much, Ellen. It's such an honor. And that was such a fabulous speech. I'm now, now I'm even more nervous to talk. But no, it was really, I, I really, I just learned so much. And thank you so, so, so much for that. Um, so I wanted to talk a little bit about confidence in children. I think, especially now, um, it's more prevalent than ever that kids really need a space to feel like the best versions of themselves. We, we always, you know, we see kids and we say, they're so resilient, they're so resilient, but they're not always so resilient. And especially after the last few years that we've had, I feel like it's now up to us educators and mentors to take on an extra, you know, interest in these kids and really try to build their confidence. And, you know, we all talk about pivoting, you know, we talk about pivoting. And one of the things that we've tried to do at Spotlight is we've tried to pivot our program to fit the specific needs of all of these young students who have not necessarily had the opportunity to build confidence in the last few years, right? So um, what we've done at Spotlight and what we found has been really successful, and I think it's something that all teachers can can take on, is that we, we try to build these children up through small victories, no matter how, how, how tiny they are. If a child comes in and the week before, they maybe only wanted to sing two or three lines, and they sang half of a song. We make that the biggest, biggest, biggest deal to them. We celebrate every, we, we, we take each child and we celebrate every single thing that they are doing. And, you know, when you're doing this in a group setting, everybody starts to feel this warmth and everybody starts to feel these, this, this common connection. Um, and you see these kids leaving just like a little taller, a little prouder. Um, and it's, it's been quite amazing kind of using the arts as that that base the base for that and i think forever obviously the arts has been like singing and acting and dancing has been such a great way to express ourselves but it hasn't always been the best way to build confidence in the average child so i think the fact that like the average child has a place that they can come to and build confidence because who doesn't love to sing who doesn't love to act who doesn't love to dance it's it's just we all love it we might not all be amazing at it but we're all good enough to experience the joys of it. So that's sort of where we've kind of found our niche with Spotlight. And Judah's been one of our students. He's also been a private student of mine. And um, Judah and I wanted to talk to you also a little bit. I know Ellen, Ellen we spoke about um, public, a little bit about public speaking and singing. And there's that, there's a little bit of a correlation between the two and how to use your voice more powerfully when you are singing. So I just wanted to share a couple of tips with you. You guys can take this for what it is. Use it if you're speaking to a colleague, speaking to your class, speaking to your friends. Um, but I, I find a lot of kids, especially around the ages of 10 and 14, that's when they start to yell. That's when they start to scream. They're out, they're playing basketball. They're, they're using their voices properly. And they'll come to me and they'll be like, oh, I'm a horse boy to this. And how do I stop that? And the same thing is for if, if you're speaking for a long time. If you have to give a 20-minute speech and you're not doing it properly, the next day you might wake up and you might feel a little bit worse. So um, I wanted to give you guys a few tips to sort of make sure that that doesn't happen to you, to give you the longevity of your voice, whether singing or speaking. So you can help me out if I'm missing anything. He's a pro. He's been taking lessons with me for so long, so he's a pro. So if I miss anything, let me know. First thing is proper breath control, diaphragmatic breathing. 
And that is really focusing on where we are taking that breath from. Right above our belly button, we feel like a little bit of a hard muscle. That is our diaphragm. And what we want to do is we want to fill up that diaphragm like a balloon and then let it out. So when we breathe in, we breathe like this, and then we let it out. And what that does is that automatically takes pressure off the shoulders and the chest, which can lead to that strain in the larynx and cause, like, without us even knowing, cause us to get super, super tight. And when we get tight in the larynx, we strain our voices. So it's, it's a pretty simple thing. You just fill up that balloon. Of course, you'll have to think about it, but it will make such a difference. Another thing is speaking from what I like to call the mask. So we always say the mask. This is where your sound is coming from. This is where it's projecting from. Like I say to my students, like you want to think when you're singing, there's lights coming out of the bottom of your eyes, your nose. That is where your sound is. Um, what that does, it creates sort of like a resonance, and that resonance helps us project without speaking from our throat. So those are just two tips, like just to you know take and see if it works. I'd love to like hear feedback and see if it works for you guys. If anybody's struggling with a little bit of hoarse voice, but just thought that that would help some of you guys out. Yeah. Thank you guys. Michelle, okay, I'm going to try to speak through here. That's hard. It's very hard, but sometimes if you, if you scrunch a little bit or make it sound more nasally, it really helps. Okay, I'm going to I'm not going to, it takes work like everything else. So these two beauties are going to sing for us. Okay, we are going to sing to you one of our favorite songs. We were working on this in Judah's lesson and we decided to do it, make it a little shorter and do it as a duet for you guys. It's called Heart of Stone and it's from the musical Six. I don't know if any of you know, but it's amazing. It's on Broadway right now. So, you ready? All right. You got a good heart, but I know it changes. A restless tide, untamable. You came my way and I knew a storm could come to you to lift me high or let me fall. But I took your hand from a start with stand any place you blew my way something inside it solidified and I knew I'd always stay you can build me up you can tear me down you can try but I'm unbreakable you can do 
wow, that was beautiful. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Mish. Thanks, Judah. Keep it up, Judah. Wow. Oh, boy. Okay. It's time for Kindness Corner with Lindsay at One to Give. Hi, Lindsay. Hi, everyone. This week, One to Give is collecting gently used books. This started because a partner school, um, there's a teacher there, a very lovely teacher, and she put together a package of books for a little girl. And her response was, do I get to keep them forever? And it prompted this whole discussion about, well, how many books do these kids at their have at their home for a home library? Not that someone else is, not that they read at class. And all the studies that we know about regular reading from parents and regular access to a variety of books. So we're collecting as many books as possible to give this partner school um, the opportunity to have kids come and shop and create their own robust home library. So look through what you have at home. Think about, you know, what's the condition? Would you accept it? Would your family enjoy this? And get in touch with us on Instagram at one to give to Thanks again. As always, kindness is contagious. Will do, Lindsay. We will be on that. Books coming to you soon. And I assume the locations are on your website for everyone. Yeah, you to can find. DM us um, or email us on our website. We have locations all over the city. Amazing. Thank you so much. And thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much to all of our guests for your expertise. And wow, it was just so wonderful to have you on today. Everyone, let's remember to be kind to one another. Let's embrace each other. Let's learn from one another. And we'll see you soon. Hey, open your heart today.